Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knabnikol from Police Science Doctor. As every Tuesday, I'm coming to you with a broadcast about three research snippets in the fields of policing, criminology, investigative psychology that I think might be relevant to the law enforcement community around the world. I'm still not um, at my own place. I'm still staying with family in Poland. You may hear a lot of background noise. There's small children around. Um, so apologies for that. Hopefully I'll be in a more in a more familiar setting um, and set up next week. But anyway, anyone who's on the Police Science Doctor email list will have received the email with the Police Science snippets within it with the links to the original research. And everybody on the list also has access to each of the previous Police Science snippets. So this is week 87. I've been doing this for 87 weeks now, three snippets every week. So you can actually build yourself a library by downloading all the PDFs of the snippets with the topics that you're interested in. So the first snippet that I sent out for this week was about facial recognition by social group. And the study found that individuals are better at recognizing faces from their own social group than those from other social groups. So I think when they're saying social group, they, they sort of mean racial background. Personally, I don't like the term racial, but that's probably what they mean. So they're also able to detect the presence of a face earlier if it is from within their social group. So for example, I, as a Caucasian person, might be better at recognizing and differentiating between the faces of other Caucasian people than perhaps um, compared to if I were trying to recognize and differentiate people from Southeast Asia or from Africa, whereas somebody from, from a social group of African, African-American heritage, um, you know, black background background might be a lot more attuned and sensitized to facial differences in that social group and they might be able to better recognize this and um, people faces from that group and they were also the study also found that even in the very early stages of facial recognition just recognizing that there is a face there in fact because we've got a specific center in our brain that that deals with facial recognition compared to recognizing other objects so we even detect the presence of a face earlier if it's from our own social group. So this is relevant for witness statements and ID parades. So I wouldn't say that you can categorically say, okay, well, if this per this witness is from the social or ethnic group as the person that is supposed to be recognized, maybe they're more reliable than, a, than another witness who's not from that group. It's probably not as simple as that, but it's just something that you need to bear in mind that we do actually the, the way that, we, you know, the way we grow up, the way the people we see around us, how, you know, us, you know, what we see in our own faces when we look back in the mirror does impact our ability to recognize people from same social group and different social group differently. So very, this might be very relevant for ID witness statements, you know, the investigation process. Second snippet is about online child sexual abuse in families. Now, it was found that around 42% of child sexual abuse footage production, so this is for um, distribution over the internet, is perpetrated by the biological father, stepfather, or adoptive father of the victim. Okay, that's 42%. That's a really, really high percentage. Um, and in general, around half of the... Um, perpetration is done by another family member so either the father or other family members brothers uncles for example grandfathers so really really high percentage so if there's um if you're able to identify the victim from the footage you know it's it's um very likely that the perpetrator is a, is a male relative 
And the third one is about preventing access to illegal porn sites. So what they did is they, in that study, they created a fake porn site with the promise of providing free access to porn. People just had to upload a sexual image of a female. And before they were actually taken to that fake website, there were, you know, there were, there were three there were three um, conditions or three categories. So every person was either assigned was assigned to either of those three categories. Group one were just taken, you know, they were given access to, or almost access, they were able to almost get to the website. Nothing else came up. Group two, they were shown a message saying that if you upload images, actually let me read it rather than um, try and explain what. So that's group one. 60% of users tried to access a website supposedly offering free access to pornography compared to, that's group two, compared to 43%, so that's less than the 60% from group one, who saw a message pop up that said that sharing sexual images of people who appear under 18 years old is illegal. And then, so the first group was not shown a message, the second group was shown a message, the third group was shown that message, but also there was an animation Go, um, you know, that was that was showing shown up along with that message. I don't know what anima that animation was, but that dropped from forty three percent to thirty eight percent. So if you have a warning message and if you show an animation with that warning message, you know, rather than sixty percent of people actually trying to access the website, it's dropped down to thirty eight percent. Yes. So that that was the three science snippets for today. So I hope there was something of use for you in there. And um, don't forget, you can download all the previous snippets, um, all on very different topics, and find what is relevant to you, download it, and then go to the original article. Obviously, I can't guarantee that you'll be able to access the article. That depends on publishers. Some of them are open, con open access, and others you will need some kind of subscription to. Um, perhaps your police force, university, or whomever you work for might have a subscription. But I can at least give you, um, show you the way to where the article is. So um, all the best to you and I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.